What's up, everybody? Welcome to the next episode of Real Talk. If you haven't listened to Real Talk yet, welcome. Real Talk is a podcast run by me. My name is Dex, and I'm from a team called the Green Pill 2.0. And basically, we're just a team of traders that learn and, and trade together. So some of these ideas that I research and stuff, I decided to share some online, um, you know, to spread the knowledge that the markets aren't what you think. And the more people we can impact, the more people that can hopefully take this knowledge like I know that people have and use it for good, you know, because at the end of the day, the markets aren't what you think they are. The same thing, the, the world isn't what you think it is. You know, we all know that. I don't, I don't mean to say I'm like the dude at the Matrix, but it's very true. It's very, very, very true. You know, it's not all what it's made, cracked up to be. And you need to realize that because <clears throat> in life, nothing is going to be how it seems. You know what I mean? There's, we all know the shady things that happen behind the scenes. Look at the latest news release that's come out that actually talks about some of these dodgy things that these financial companies have been doing. So it's not all uh, cupcakes and fairies at the end of the day. So, you know, the markets is a very, very deep place. You know, it, there's a lot goes on in the markets and... People think it's it's as straightforward as drawing a trend line and taking a trade, and it's not. It's not. So in this episode, I want to talk about news, and does news move the markets? Now, it's a common misconception that news moves the markets, that the influx of buy or sell orders it is what moves the markets during the news release. Now, do you ever wonder why a lot of prop firms don't let you trade the news? It's because it's very volatile. It's that volatile. Sometimes your order won't get filled because there's that much liquidity bouncing around. It's very hard for your order to get filled. Also, I believe a lot of brokers will like, kind of lock off their, their order flow for a minute while the news is there. So I've got a chart in front of me. I know this is a podcast, um, but, you know, we were talking about this the other day. You can go on the chart and see for yourself. Um, so I want to talk about COVID. Now, a lot of people think that COVID caused the COVID crash, and it, and it didn't. It didn't, you know. And the thing about it is if COVID wasn't as well, if COVID never didn't come around and it didn't happen, trust me, the market was going to crash anyway um, to a certain extent because if you if you look, it's evident that they were pushing the market ready for a collapse. Probably not a collapse as much, but it was definitely due to a collapse, 100%, you know. And people think it's as plain sailing as it is, you know, and it's it's really not like it's it's crazy. If you open a chart, yeah, if you listen to the podcast, let's get a chart open right now, yeah. So if you're listening, let's go on to the Dell right now. And I want you to go over to the 13th of February on it. So around about 3rd February anyway. And I want you to look at the way that Dell has been moving up since 2019 with various little kind of mini, mini corrections and mini crashes, I guess, all the way up to there now. What I want you to take a look at is zoom out on the chart and you can look across the chart and you can see back in 2017 as well, end of 2017, start of 2018, it reached a peak and fell because the market needs to do this. You know, Not the market doesn't need to correct itself, but the market, they need to balance out. The, the bank needs to balance out their orders and cash some in and, and take profit and, and that. So what do they need to take profit? Yeah, they need orders. They need liquidity. So when's the best time to do this? During news. Why is that? Because loads of people are going to be chucking orders at the market. This is the reason why trading things like NFP is very hard to do because sometimes the market will go the opposite way. Why? If the news is good and you're getting loads of buy orders hitting the market, what do you think is going to happen? The banks are going to chuck a load of sell orders at the market. And what happens is they end up getting out of balance um, of the other orders and then actually, I won't go into this, but it's another video, price needs to be balanced to move, 
right? But I'm talking strictly yeah. orders, so you know, and and they end up kind of overshooting it a bit, and price ends up going down further. But do they? That's the question you've got to ask yourself because a lot of the times these moves happen within the pip, within the pip, right? A, a area that it reacted to. So if we look at February, right, you can see that that drop, right? Go on to the daily, sorry, I'm on the daily one away. You can see these bounces that happen, these, these rallies. You can bet that retail were throwing orders at these. And what happens around these bounces? They happen around support and resistance. They end up getting whipped through, bounced and broken. Why? Because retail leave their orders at support and resistance. Retail leave their orders at trend lines. The banks do not use trend lines. Trend lines do not exist. They exist in hindsight. They're not looking at trend lines. They don't care about trend lines. They care about order flow, right? This is real shit right now that I'm telling you guys, you know what I mean? If you don't know this, I hope this really helps you trading because trust me, this is stuff here that you won't find in many places, you know? You have to dig deep to find this kind of information. Why? I don't think they want people knowing this. But if you look at that COVID drop, yeah, look at where it is now. Look at the economy and look where it is now. Tell me that doesn't make sense. You know why? The banks sold it, made it so cheap for them to buy it back, trapped a load of retail and smaller institutions, then pushed price up to the max whilst the economy is fucked. Yet inflation, talk about all the economic data you want. They use economic data as a point of liquidity, right? Now, a lot of people think, what the fuck are you on about? You know what I mean? I've, I've gone with the news. I've worked with the news. That, that, that might be so. But it doesn't work all the time, does it? And that's the thing. If it's a major news event, the bank's going to manipulate price. So what's one of the ways that they're going to manipulate price? Now, if you're clever and you're kind of swinging across the news, this is a little bit different. You know, you read in the, the economy and, you, and you're going, okay. Because what I'm saying is I'm not saying news doesn't, like the market doesn't move to news. I'm saying that news itself doesn't move the market. Why? The only people that can move the market are banks and financial institutions. There is no other player that can move the market. So it doesn't matter what John's doing on Twitter, whether he's shorting it or not, or what Sally's doing on Facebook, yeah? And it doesn't matter what Jim Cramer's doing. You know what I mean? It's the banks that move price, you know? If everybody got together and brought a currency pair at the same time, it wouldn't move. Every trader did it, it wouldn't move. Right? Or it'd hardly move. Why? There's, I think it's it 7 trillion per day in the currency markets. This is no joke thing that news is going to move, a bunch of people buying it. It's going to freaking move it. Logic would tell you that, but the thing is people are too stupid to notice. You know? Because as soon as somebody told me, clicked, fucking hell, makes so much sense. My trading got so much better. Because I was like, stop following the news. Stop looking at Twitter for something to react to. It's stupid. You know what I mean? It's a very stupid way of trading, in my opinion. You know, because I think you're just limiting yourself what you do. Now, if you look at the drop that happened at COVID on the day as well, what did it do? It dropped right to an area, right, that was a good deal for the banks. A perfect friggin' deal. Right? For the banks, it was great for them. They loved it. It's perfect. And that they trick. If you go down that state, we go down to the two-hour chart. You go back to that area and run now, yeah. And you can see the manipulation that's happening. You can, you can, you can see that retail manipulation as it's pushing it back up, 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 dropping it back down, 
And by the time retail get on a trend, it's too late. Why? Your signal single, you um, signal you're too late. Your, your trend lines are too late. It's the third, fourth type. They don't care about that. Yeah, it might work sometimes. You know, it works because it aligns with other things. It's got nothing to do with institutional order flow. Yeah, the only the only way that the banks use trend lines is to look at where retail are and where the orders are. That is the reason why they work. Right, you got to think logically when it comes to this. You know, it just needs a dash of logic, a little bit of seriousness into it. You know, would the bank sit there looking at a trend line? No. What do they do? Okay, so you can imagine these banks here yeah, have a lot of of volume of um, contracts and money, whatever you know, whatever they're using. So how are they going to fulfill their orders? Right, they've got a few ways of fulfilling their orders. Right, they can't just chuck, you know, a one billion pound order into the market and expect it to be, you know, fulfilled straight away. So what do they do? They, 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 they I'll go in deeper across the series, but there's things like liquidity pools, there's private. Um, market maker deals, there's all kinds of little ways that they get around, you know, some of it's the, like I said, it's the most closely guarded secret in the world, you know, the key to this, but you got to understand that price doesn't move to news, you know what I mean, sorry, it doesn't move because of news, it might move in the direction of news, but it's not moving to news, again, sorry, I got disturbed, so I forgot where I was, but um, <laughs> this happens all the time, doesn't it, when I'm recording, um, but yeah, you can see that the, ah, that's where I was. I got it. I got it. I know where I am now. See, this is unedited real talk. You know, we don't, we don't edit this, you know, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> if I mess up, I mess up, you know, you get to see it. But so the banks here, for them to be fulfilled, yeah, if they was to put, you know, a load of orders in, yeah, obviously they're going to drive pricing, but at the same time, who's going to sell it to them? Who's going to sell it to them? Where's the liquidity going to come from? So you imagine the bank, yeah, have got loads of orders that they want to cash in, right? Because they're, say, you're talking about like an institution that's got clients, they need to cash them in, they need, they need to make sure their books look good, it looks like they're making a lot of money, which they do anyway, you know what I mean? But let's just say, for argument's sake, yeah, that, that they need to balance their books, yeah, which is another thing I'll go into another to another episode, there's actually a thing called front-running and back-lining that they do, but I'm getting turned into another episode, so, you know, they need to make some money, so what they're going to do, they're going to wait till NFP, and they know, they know it's positive, you know, these guys know, before the news comes out, they know, you know, they're not, they're not, they haven't got idiots working for them, you know, they've got people that understand the frigging economy, you know, and even if they don't have that, they could easily get those, you know, get a fucking good um, idea of what the figure's going to be, and also the ones at the top, obviously, know, you know, so you imagine, yeah, the non-farm payroll's going to be positive, right, and you ever notice it, it sometimes it doesn't move at all, I'll tell you why, because it's positive, what they're going to do, they know, right, load of retail, professional traders, and the smaller institutions, and maybe the larger institutions, I don't know, you know, are going to throw a load of buy orders into the market, right, they're thinking, ka-ching, instead of me selling my billion orders and driving price down, making it cheap for my, for my orders cheap, you know, driving the price of my orders down, I was selling at 31, Right, I'll drive the price all the way down to 20. Yeah? Because who's going to fill, who's going to, the orders are being filled. I want to drive price down because of the volume of orders that I've got. So they wait for something like NFP. We've got algorithms that execute these orders. And obviously the buy orders are coming in and they're getting taken out by the banks. Right? Bam, bam, bam. Price is hardly moving. It looks like it's consolidating. 
because they're filling the orders in. The algorithm's watching price and how it's reacting um, when it's throwing orders into, into the market. You know, these things work very quick. A lot of processing power. Like I said in the last episode, they've got cables that all run the same length underneath these exchanges. It's very deep stuff, you know. So it's it's you know imagine you've you've got a guy here that can sell you a load of tvs for wholesale and you're a tv seller you know what i mean and say the way you're going to do it right you want to get a good price so where do you go you go somewhere where everybody's kind of um everybody what am i trying to say so yeah yeah you got a guy that's got um, a load of tvs obviously you're going to buy him wholesale you know what i mean but you don't want to kind of Start buying them, and the guys think, "Can okay, I buy quite a lot of these? I want to make some more money. I'm going to put the price up, you know, because obviously he's running out of stock. He's going to put the price up, you know. So what would you rather do? You'd rather quickly get them off and quickly bang, take the lot, and that's what they do, right? And also, why you saying you take the TV? Is you selling them straight straight back to the person behind you? And that's what they're doing. That's why sometimes it consolidates. Why does it go the other way sometimes? For the exact same reason. Retailer throwing a load of buy orders at it, they're going to throw a load of sell orders. And it's a misconception that more buyers means price goes up, more sellers mean price goes down. That's why it consolidates. You know what I mean? When it goes the opposite way, it's a little bit more um, mischievous what they're doing there. It's a little bit more mischievous. That's actually taking out all the liquidity that's around that price as well. Because like I say, price needs to be balanced in order for it to move. There needs to be an agreement between the buyers and sellers, otherwise price won't move. And that happens in a microsecond on the tick chart. And that, that's the problem with, with retail trading. It's a common misconception. You know, that more buyers means price goes up. News comes out, buyers come in, price goes up. No, it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? If you actually get a chart and draw a chart on an A4 piece of paper and work it out, yeah, using kind of, you know, if there's supply, you need demand, yeah, basic business concepts and actually work it out, and say, well, if this guy has that, there needs to be a seller willing to sell at that price. And if you actually look at it, it doesn't mean price goes up. Like I said in the last one, you could have, say, one seller at a price willing to sell at that price and a load of buyers, right? And price still goes up. You could have a load of sellers at that price and, and one buyer. Price will still go pretty much the same. Obviously, it will move differently. It's not going to stay up there, but in theory, it would move up there. Obviously, in reality, there's not going to be no gaps in the market like that unless over the weekend. And here's another thing that's another common misconception that gap in the market, right, needs to be filled. It doesn't, it gets filled because the orders are there are cheaper, right? Gaps happen because over the weekend, yeah, there's, um, you got to think like the weekend down stuff like that. It's pretty crazy, but gaps happen. Because there are no buyers or sellers willing to buy or sell at that price. So the price gaps, the spread gaps. And that's what causes a gap. You know, if, if price call closes at 10 Friday and there's nobody willing, right? And a lot of these, when I'm saying nobody, these are market makers, yeah? These are people with the liquidity. Retail, it's different. It's A and B books. We'll go into this over time, but there's nobody willing to sell, yeah? There's only people willing to sell at 15, price will go to 15, it will gap up. And this, these kind of things aren't taught by regular gurus and mentors and YouTube and stuff. Why? Because they want people to give the money to the market. They need your orders. Yeah? You're part of the food chain. Right? And the market needs these stupid people. It needs them. 
Why do you think price action is this like mystical thing? Oh, it's price action. Price action traders are always too late to the pie. Yes, you might make some money, but I'm talking about the type of trading you can do, yeah, is the type of thing where you can get in and you can hold positions for a very long time. Or that's a bit more advanced, or you can say, get into a position, right, and have your risk very, very low. You know what I mean? I'm talking a couple of pips. I'm talking 1 to 10, 1 to 20, 1 to 50, 1 to 100 risk to reward ratios. Why? Because you follow the way that things play out. You follow the way things happen, you know. And I, I, it makes me so happy when people message me and they say, you know, I researched a bit more of what you said. And now I'm smashing it. I understand it. I've got a heavy understanding of the way that that price moves and what moves it and who's moving it. Just knowing that can help you. You can carry on with your price action. You can carry on with your trend lines if you want. But you've got to understand what they mean. What does it mean, a trend line? Does it mean there's liquidity above it? Maybe. Does it mean the banks are looking at it? Maybe. The answers you will find if you search in the right places. But <laughs> the banks are definitely not looking at it. <laughs> I just have to pause then as well. Just check, check my trades. <laughs> Talking about it. Everything. I haven't looked at them for a couple of hours. Um, so yeah, price action traders are always too late, you know, is the trend your friend, right, it's not, you know why, be it convergences, support resistance, divergences, structure, resistance, I've said resistance, sorry, ratios, no matter, no matter what you've marked on your chart, right, that's not what the banks are looking at, right, people think rejections, rejections it's not rejection can all depends where it is depends what it means that's the problem what people call momentum right is the lack of liquidity now the lack of orders so a big move is the lack of orders that's caused that big move why the orders need to be cleaned out before that move can happen <laughs> this sounds nuts when I learned it I was like what the hell but it's true there needs to be nothing in the way. Otherwise, how can price move if it's if it's meeting orders, too much orders? It needs a heavy volume of orders in the consolidation before it. Then the move there, there needs to be a balance in price. You know, it's crazy. Trust me, absolutely crazy. When I found this out, I was so shocked. And I actually feel a bit crazy just putting this stuff out there because I've never heard like anybody else like with a small channel like myself talk about this. There's only a couple of people that do, and it's um, it's mind blowing. So to rephrase it in a in a better way, we could say that the misconception is that the market is moved by the winning majority, right, of buyers or sellers. You know, we'll read that the market moves up because the buyers won outnumbered the sellers. Or vice versa. The bulls and bear exist for one reason, and that is to create a bias, right? In order for the institutions to go against retail, right? And everybody else, right? We need buyers to sell, to to sell. Um, we need buyers. We need sellers to sell to buyers. We need buyers to buy from sellers, right? And the spread has nothing to do with the broker fee. The spread to, is to do with how much liquidity is available for you from your broker outputs. Now it depends what kind of broker you with, but I'm talking something that's got direct to the to the to the market, yeah. 
So if there's um if your broker does not kind of have um enough liquidity to execute, then the spread increases. Right? But most people will assume that the broker's deliberately stopping them out and stuff like that when it comes to the it's the stop. It's not it's the spread, it's to do with the liquidity. This stuff's golden to know, it's amazing to know, I'm telling you. You know. But it's just not taught anywhere. A lot of people think that the, the institutions look at higher time frames and they don't. They they get an idea where the other, other institutions are going if they're not talking to them directly, you know, under the table kind of thing. But the the, the actual institutions will mitigate their large orders and stuff through through dark pool liquidity, which we'll go into that in a little bit more detail in in, in other in other episodes. And it it's spoken about wrong online. Same thing with the interbank algorithm. It's sp- spoken about wrong. People think it's a magic algorithm that eats price up. It's not. We'll go into this. It's very interesting what it actually is. You know, this is the reason why these things are called concepts. Because a lot of people don't know the facts. But the concepts are quite close anyway. But it is very interesting to learn the, the actual truth and the way these things work. And um, Not far off. But some some people are very far off. And some people are just vague in describing it. Maybe they don't want to tell people. I don't know. You know. But, you know, these high-frequency trading machines trade in a millisecond. So a large amount of trades can be executed and can also be um so, sorry executed and stopped yeah on a large scale right so you imagine that it's going i'm ticking constantly 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 they can have large volumes going into the market and that's that's how they do it because these large volumes are going into the market right and it's not affecting price too much and the banks have a way of keeping price where they need to keep price and make it look like oh yeah the day was really high but they can pump loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of money into something and make it kind of, you know, stay where it is and not look like they are pumping loads of money. They can tank something down and you don't know they're making loads of money from it. But it looks like it's everybody's losing, it's going down. Oh no, what are we going to do? The banks always make money, right? They don't look at something and buy and sell. They have multiple orders at the same time going everywhere. You know, they are the orders. They've got 50% of the market, the four biggest banks, right? And the other 40% as it crossed between the other banks, you know? We don't know how they do it, you know? We can know how they move, but we know some of the little clues, which is what we're talking about now. We've got some of the little bits and bobs here now, but we don't know, you know? Nobody knows. It's a secret, right? It's a secret. And it's the same thing people say, keep it simple, right? Keep it simple is a bit of a lie. But you do have to keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate your trading too much. But people will say, oh, keep it simple with a trend line, stuff like that. No, that's not the way to keep it simple. The best way to keep it simple is to learn something that's going to take you a while to learn it. Then it becomes simple because you've learned the skill. You know what I'm trying to say? So let me conclude on fundamentals and what I actually mean, just so we can go from this, <laughs> you know, and not think that I'm some crazy person that thinks that fundamentals don't move the market. So... You know, the you've probably heard about like hedging and stuff like that on the news, yeah. All kind of mad things, and you've seen people make loads of money. You've seen people blow accounts using the news, yeah. Now, can we predict the news before it happens? Yes, we can. Right? Now, we it's not saying we predict it very accurately, but what we can do is look at what, what price is doing and make an assumption. And then we can see where the news wants to go. Now, we don't mean we trade the news on the day. You need to be in the orders before it comes out, maybe a week before or whatever. But looking at how the economy is as well, because obviously 
they're going to push it in the way overall, right? Sometimes it doesn't, and it's unexplainable, right? But we'll get into that in more detail further on. But a lot of the times, the actual move overall, maybe over a month, if NFP is good, might push it up. If it's something that would push it up, sometimes other things outweigh. But a lot of the time, it's not about the fundamentals, it's what the banks need to use as an excuse to push price, yeah? And we know this because a week before, you'll see moves happening, you're like, I know what that is. I know what the banks are doing. They're leaving that there to mitigate, using the news to mitigate it, right? And that's the thing. We can actually look at these um, IM, I, I, IBM areas, right, imbalance areas, and we can kind of look at where the equilibrium is going to be. Now, the equilibrium is when price goes up. We need balance for price to go up. We need imbalance for price to consolidate and not move. Like I said, we'll get into this in more. So to conclude it, I'm not saying that, you know, the news doesn't move the markets. But what I'm saying is the news doesn't move the markets. Yeah, it's the banks that move the markets. Yeah, they're the guys pressing the button. They're the guys pushing it. They're the guys making the moves. They might make the move towards the bias of the news, but it's not that news that's moved it, right? Otherwise, it'd be crazy. You know, the markets would be very strange. It's the fact that they will, you can watch it play out in, in the month or the week or the day. You'll see exactly what will happen. Manipulations will happen. Retail traps will happen before this. And what will happen? The news will go and it will literally tap into an area, right? Or mitigate an area or touch an area or react to an area then go back, right? And if the news is positive, sometimes you you will get a sweep of the liquidity, right? The retail liquidity below, it'll tank. Retail start going, oh, it's going down, let's short it. Then price will go back up. Retail switch, start going long. Price coming back down, then it goes, yeah? That's called a shake down. Retail, bam, 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 gone. You know, no messing around. <laughs> All right, and the... The, the thing is that's hardest to understand is the equilibrium, the, the, the balance. You know, that is very hard to understand. I get that. But just know that price doesn't move because the bears won. Right? It's, it does get quite technical. It took me ages to understand it. But the simple thing you need to know is that it doesn't move price. Yeah. So when you see price move like that, you know that there's large volume sitting at an area that they're willing to sell or buy at. Right? And then there was the equilibrium, the balance between price. Now, the thing that we have to understand is what balances price, what causes the balance. Imagine a seesaw, you've got the little bit in the middle, that's what we need to work on. Now, that's the hardest thing. And that that is one of, not the key to the market, but that is the key to very good analysis is understanding that. Understanding why price would get balanced. And that's understanding consolidations. We were speaking about this in the green pill the other day. Understanding consolidations is very important. People are scared of them. They think price isn't moving. No, you need to understand what's happening. Because a consolidation, yeah, is a is a is a rally. It's a trend. Yeah, what they call trends. Right? It's a tanking, whatever it's doing, on a smaller scale. So the charts always look the same. Doesn't matter what you're on. One second, month, whatever. But the time frame that you're on reacts different because it's different players. And that's what retail fail to understand. These simple concepts that obviously it takes quite a bit to understand the actual seed, you know, the, the base of the concept. But you don't need to know that. You just need to know that consolidation, don't be scared of them. 
you need to know that a trend is not your mate. They're not your friend. You need to understand that a rally doesn't mean the balls have won. You need to know that a tank doesn't mean the bears have won. It's all to do with order flow in the market that moves it. And some people might disagree with me because you've learned a different way. That's a retail way. You know, these are all good ways of trading, I guess. If you can make it work, you can make it work. But for what I am doing and what I'm looking to level up on is low, low risk, very big reward. Less trading analysis, more money and profit coming in. Why? Because trading doesn't have to be this thing where you're glued on the charts all the time. Trading can be much simpler. But yo, peace out. That's it from me. Enjoy.